0: Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church. Now listen, before I left to go to our conference down in Dundock, you know, I told you guys as I was teaching on the anointing that we're gonna to begin to, to teach on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? The gifts of Holy Spirit, you say the Holy Spirit has gifts, yeah, he has nine of them, and they're absolutely amazing amen. And they're they're very important to what God is desiring to do in the church. Now we've been laying a foundation, our Holy Spirit has been laying a foundation for these things for about a year now of where he wants to teach and what he wants to unveil and reveal unto us so we can begin to operate in what he wants. We need some scriptural clarification of some of the things that actually take place in this church or that you you may see going on in other churches. We, We need to understand by the scripture, amen, not by some man's, opinions or what they think but by what the scriptures say about these things so we can we can find out what god wants to do in us and through us i mean how many of you know the gifts of the spirit are for us as the body of christ it's not just for the apostle it's not just for the prophet it's not just for the evangelist the pastor or the teacher or the one that has a pulpit ministry no no the lord has given gifts unto the church holy spirit has given them unto the church we are the church I mean, he's given it to us for they to flow in us and through us. It's not just for the ones that, that preach the word of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. I mean, these things are all right. Anyone want to be a vessel that the Holy Spirit can use you, that he can minister unto people, that, that you can you know, lay hands on someone and people may get healed, that people will get healed. Amen. This, this, is, this is what God is desiring to do through us. So We have to get some clarification. We need to have some scriptural evidence right, to where we can begin to yield on what the Lord has for us, right? Because these, these gifts, they're, they're here to, to operate through each and every one of us. It's like, it's, it's like this. You know, people, they've, they've asked us sometimes, you know, especially when they, they, they're newer to the church, they say, man, y'all teach on healing a lot. I mean, it's, it's always something about healing. It's always something about healing going on in the church. You know, why do you do that? Because we want the, the rivers of healing to flow through the church, Amen, and so we teach on these things so we can stir up a faith on people to where they can receive what the Lord's desiring to do. But you gotta teach on them. Right, see if you want, if you want people to learn how to get intimate with the Lord, you got to, number one, you got better learn how to get intimate yourself, and then unveil that by teaching people how to get intimate with the Lord. And what happens? You'll find out there's a lot of intimacy with Holy Spirit, intimacy with Jesus in the church. It's the same things with the gifts of the Spirit. I mean, you just don't hope that gifts of the Spirit begin to operate. No, we need to, we need to begin to teach on some of these things. Why? So it stirs up the faith that's already on the inside of you to where you have scriptural evidence. You know you're not getting out of boundary or doing something strange. No, you're just yielding on what the, what the Holy Spirit desires to do. Why? Because when you teach on this, how does faith come? Faith does not come by you asking God for more faith. That's unscriptural. That does nothing for you. How do you get faith? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God, according to Romans chapter ten, verse seventeen. So we, we want faith to get ignited on the inside of us for certain things. We need to begin to teach on it, why, so our spirit man can grab a hold of them, and we can start moving in on what he has for us So turn with me here. Let's go. Let's go here to to let's go to First Corinthians chapter twelve, and listen. For the next couple of weeks, next several weeks, we'll be in chapter 12, chapter 13, and chapter 14, bouncing around in, the, in these different chapters to, to figure out and see what the, the Lord has to say about these things, not, not about what a person has to say about these things, but what the Lord has to say about these. Amen? So here in First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, it says, now concerning the spiritual... Some of your uh, translations may have gifts italicized in there. That, that word gifts is added into the scripture there, so you, kinda, you can understand what the Lord's talking about. But let's just, let's just read it how he says, Now concerning the spiritual, brethren, I'd have you not to be ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant regarding the spiritual. That word spiritual is a Greek word "nematicos." It's where, it's where we get you know, the word you know, uh, pneuma, which is the wind, the breath, the spirit of God, right? Then the pneumaticos, it is, it is the spiritual realities, it's spiritual things, it's spiritual gifts. So he's saying, now listen, church, I don't want you to be ignorant regarding the spiritual realities of the move of the spirit. I want you to be ignorant of the spiritual, right, concerning, concerning the things of God. And listen, church, I don't want us to be ignorant, to these things, I want these things to begin to, to flow in us and through us. You say, what can we be ignorant on? Well, I'll give you two different facets we can be ignorant on. Number one, if we don't recognize that these are, these are gifts from Holy Spirit, that it's Him that's desiring to do these things, you'll get yourself focused on a man or a person. And remember, see, if you, if you begin to understand that, that it's him that's speaking these things, listen, when a tongue starts going forth, when a prophetic word starts coming forth or a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, when it starts getting up, you won't be like, oh, here they go trying to get some attention to themselves again or here we go with the weird church. No, no you'll start keying in, you'll, you'll key in, your, you'll, everything will become silent on the inside of you and you'll begin to listen. Why? Because that's Holy Spirit speaking. Holy Spirit has something to say to me. So, you begin to key in on those things and not dismiss it like they're not important. Why? Because how I many of you know when the Holy Spirit speaks, it's important? That's God speaking. I and mean, remember, see, we got to get our minds and our, and our eyes off of the man, off the vessel, amen, I that the Holy Spirit desires to use and get our focus on Him and begin to understand what He's trying to unveil unto us, right? Now, secondly, Learn, we need to learn some things about the spiritual gifts. Why? Because this is part of the kingdom culture. See, a lot of the churches nowadays, we, we're in fear, amen, to look anything different to where people will think that we're strange. Why? Because oh, they can't draw people. But see, the kingdom culture is always drawn people. This is the way it was birthed. Why? Because it looked completely different than things that are going on in Rome. It looked completely different than Judaism. It looked completely different than worshiping of pagan gods. It looked completely different than religion. Why? Because there ended up being a a proclamation, a demonstration, excuse me, with the things that we proclaim. Amen. How many of y'all know that, that the Lord desires to demonstrate the things that we proclaim? Amen. But see, we got, we got to know the difference on what actually is kingdom culture and what's the world's culture. We don't need to be inviting world's culture in here. Now, this, this, is, this is where the kingdom needs to flourish. The kingdom needs to, to, to sow seed. The kingdom needs to start being flourishing in our own lives. But we but we got to yield. To, we got to permit those things to begin to start happening. Because, see, listen, depending, depending on what table you want to sit in and dine at or what table you want to eat at, Listen, it will begin to produce fruit in your life. Let me say that again. Whichever table you desire to sit at and eat at, you will have that fruit being produced in your life. This is why the church is so spiritually impoverished right now. You say, why is that? Oh, because we want to drink of the milk of the word of God, but we want to eat of the culture of the kingdom of this world. Hmm. Well, well give us the baby things. I want some of the baby things of, of the kingdom. But man, when, when it comes to anything else, I want the full-blown steak of what the world has to offer. And that leaves us very spiritually impoverished. It leaves us lacking. Amen. It leaves us lacking. And we, listen, church, we got we to we start desiring what God has for us. You know, my, my beautiful little girl, when we went to China to adopt her, I mean, they're, you know, it, that was probably some of the craziest couple weeks of my life going over there. I mean, they, everything got flipped, turned upside down <laughs> in my life. I mean, getting a hold of this little, I mean, I'm telling you, you know, she, she's a beautiful little princess sitting there on the front row right now. She was a wild little banshee when we first got her. I mean, they think it is so cheeky. fun. They think it's, they think it's funny for little ones to be cheeky over there to be disrespectful and do whatever they want to do. I mean, you couldn't stop her from running out in the middle of the street. Why? Because it's, it's everything to get the laugh, anything to get the attention. Amen. And, you have every, and all the adults, they like to promote these things because you don't have a whole lot of children running around like you do over here. Amen. I can remember talking, talking to Kimberly. I said, oh, 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 man, when this little girl gets back to Texas, she's going she's gonna to learn what a little bit of discipline looks like. Amen. But she had to be taught some of these things. <laughs> I remember we're sitting, you know, they, they, they give you a nice hotel whenever you go over there because, not, because all the, the battles that begin to take place and the spiritual battles and everything else. So, so they give you a nice place to stay. So, so at least you don't have to worry about that. And I can remember we're, we're sitting there, me and Kimberly, were eating breakfast. And I don't know about you guys, but see, when I, when I, when I was brought up, my parents were, were deathly strict. On table manners, and then you will eat a certain way. You're going to cut a certain way. You know, Americans, you're going to put one hand in. It. Why do Americans eat with one hand in their lap? That is like the stupidest way to eat. I mean, it's so much better to have you know, to have a knife and a fork and you eat. I mean, it's way better. But when I grew up, a hand had to be in there. The napkin had to be there. I mean, if you smacked, if you talked with your mouth full, man, man, you might as well, they may send you outside to eat with the dogs, right? They were serious about those things. And I can remember sitting there, we're sitting there in, the, in, this, in this breakfast area eating, and all you hear is smacking. All you hear is smacking and slurping. And that's all you hear. And I, and I was like, oh my Lord, you know, what, what, is, what is going on in here? But see, their culture was so different. Than the American culture. Well, I see, see, when they slurp, they smack to show that it's good, that it's good food. This is their outward expression of someone that, that everything is great. They're giving thanks to the chef by all this noise they're, they're making. So what happens? Our little girl's sitting there, you know what she was doing? The same exact thing. I'm like, mm-hmm. You know, that, that's all you could hear. It's like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, you know. But what do we have to do? We teach. To teach, teach how things are done in the West, right? So, so that other people won't look and think that, that things are, are completely strange, amen? I mean, we need knowledge, right? Isn't this what Hosea 4, 6 says. He says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And see, when you hear this preached a lot of times, a lot of people, they like to stop right there with that verse. My people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. You don't have enough knowledge, you're probably going to get destroyed. And that's that's not what the verse is trying to reveal unto us. He says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. They're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge. He says, I'm going to reject you as being my priest, as being priest of mine. He says they're destroyed from a lack of knowledge, but it's not because you don't have the knowledge. You're destroyed because you're rejecting the knowledge that gets put forth in front of your face. Amen. How I many I know there's a lot of knowledge we have out there? There's a lot of knowledge in the kingdom. There's a lot of knowledge about the things of God. And see, it's not, we don't get destroyed because we don't have enough knowledge. No, we live in a day and age where there's more knowledge, there's more information than you can shake a stick at, if you understand what that means. Good old Texas term, right? There's more information than we know what to do with. And you're not destroyed because we have a lack of it, you're destroyed because we reject it. See, we, we teach about healing in here. Why? Healing can come forth, come forth, come forth. Why? Now, see, no one that sits in this church should, should ever die because of sickness or disease unless, what? unless we reject the things that, that get spoken in here, right? Because you'll find that if you sit here long enough, these things have already been done for you. You're not the sick trying to get healed. You are the healed of God. Doesn't mean something's not going to come upon you or try to try to try to inflict its will upon you. And remember, we don't submit ourselves unto that; we submit ourselves to the Word of God. And you'll find these things beginning to leave you because it's not permitted to come upon you, right? Not permitted to come upon you. You'll know, see in the natural. In the natural, we can talk about you know re- rejecting the knowledge of God. You know, it could be like I'm, I'm talking to Barry here. And say, Barry has a, a lovely, important meeting for an account he's going to get come Monday morning. And say, I know where Barry lives. So I could, I could be driving. I say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to drive kind of ahead of Barry when he gets to the city here. Because I know where he parks when he comes into the city. And just to make sure everything's in order so he won't get late to that meeting and I can find that, that road on the other, on the water side. I don't know what it's, uh, I don't know what that road's called. But right there on the, on the water side, that main road there, it may be shut down going to where he likes to park, right? So I pick up the phone. I say, you know what, Barry, you know, don't go that direction, brother, because I was just driving there. I mean, they have the road shut down and it's going to be bad news for you. You're going to be late for your meeting and you probably won't pick up that account you want. But see, Barry could say, oh, that's a great idea. I'm going to go the back way. Or he could do like many people in the church like to do and say, you know what? I've lived here longer than Ryan has. I don't think he knows what he's doing. I'm going to take that. I'm going to go that direction anyhow. And when he goes that direction, he's going to find out that road's been shut down. He's going to be late to his meeting and he may end getting fired for it. Sacked. Or not get the account, whatever it may be. That's the way those things happen in the natural. It's not because he didn't have the knowledge, but he rejected. He said, no, nah, I know better. So he rejects it. See, the same thing happens in the spirit. I mean, the same, the same thing happens in the Spirit. See, I can teach you about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I can teach you about healing. I can teach you about the gifts of the Spirit and how they operate, how they don't operate, how to be aware of familiar spirits. I can teach you about these things. But see, some of you are like, man, I don't know. You know, I've, I've grown up and I've heard different ways of teaching this. I've heard different doctrines. You know, I actually think, Pastor, that, that this was done away with the apostles. You know, I, I believe God for this and it didn't happen in me the way I thought it should happen. So you know what? I'm rejecting that. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to miss what Holy Spirit's desiring to do in you and through you. Merely because we, because we push back on what we think should be taking place. Does that make sense? Hmm? Now this scripture is not trying to tell us that you're too thick. Amen, that you can't, understand the knowledge that that's coming forth. He's not saying you're, you're, you're an idiot. No, he's saying that this knowledge is coming before you. It's right before your faith. It's being preached right in front of your face. But you're rejecting it. You don't want to study the word of God. You don't want to go back and look up these things and see if it's actually true. You don't want to pray, seek out Holy Spirit. You don't even want to come to church. You're rejecting. You're rejecting the things that the Lord is having for you. I mean, it's like you can look around, church. I mean, in the city that we live in right here, for the size of this city and the amount of churches we have in this city, there should be five to 10,000 people in this church alone having 15, 20 services on a weekend and during the week. this This is what it should look like. You say, well, why aren't the churches over here? Go, because we live in a place that they think if you have 70 people in a congregation, man, you're hitting the ball out of the park. I'm telling you, that's weak. Huh? how are these things happening? Why are they happening like that? Oh, well, because you're not a very good preacher. Well, that may be so. Amen? But I know I'm the one that's called to be here. (laughs) Amen? And it's not because of the person that's delivering the message. It's because of their rejection of the message. The amount of addiction we have in our city, those things ought to change, but there's a rejection from the message. The amount of the sick walking down the streets, that ought to change. Why? It's a rejection against the message. Not because we don't have the knowledge. Church, this city's full of the knowledge, but it's full of rejection. Amen? It's full of the rejection. So why? So why in the church, why in the kingdom of God have we become illiterate to the spiritual. Why have we rejected the nematocos? Why have we rejected the very things that Jesus has desired to instill in the church? I'm going to tell you why, church. It's because of fear. It's because of fear. Fear is a door that opens up just about everything negative in our lives. It's because of fear. You say, well, what kind of fear would stop the gifts of the Spirit are flowing in the churches? A fear. A fear that, that people won't like you, a fear that people won't come to your church. I've had actually pastors say that to me. Listen, you can't have all those gifts going over. This is Ireland. You can't do those things. <laughs> it's not my choice. This is the kingdom. We need to get delivered of the fear of man, get delivered of what uh, of what he desires to do for us. Listen, church, the same fear. The same fear is what what caused Job to lose everything he had. It was that fear that opened up the door for for the adversary to come in and wreak havoc on him. It's the same fear, the same fear that caused, you know, the the people coming out of Egypt, the, the nation of Israel to allow doubt and unbelief to get stirred up on the inside of them to where they decide they won't go. They're not going to go take, the, the, they're not going to go take Jericho. No, they're going to wander around in the desert for 40 stinking years and die with the hands of the very God that just delivered them out gave them all the wealth of Egypt. They said, no, what if I can't do that? Hmm? What if I can't do it? I'm gonna tell you something, church, you can't do it. And if we can lean, we can, as Pastor John Osteen said, you can just lean back in the Holy Ghost. Just lean back in him, allow him to operate in you and through you. I mean, this is this is how these things, these are, this is how these things operate, amen. This is that same fear. Listen, church, this is the same fear that, that causes churches to go into intellectualism. Hmm? go into intellectualism, they go into uh, social projects, they go into political systems. Now listen, I'm going to tell you, these things, these things aren't bad. I mean, it's good for us to, to, be, to be knowledgeable and have, and these things aren't bad. It's good for us to do social projects and have, have, a, have a, a heart for the world around it. it it's good. It's, it's good for us to stand up for political things that are going on in our nation and stand up where we have the ability to stand up. I'm going to tell you something, church. These things, they can't, they can't withhold the weight of the kingdom of God when God desires to come and set it upon you. What's going to end up happening? It'll end up breaking you. It'll break the church. It'll kill the church. It'll make the church lose its anointing. Huh? End up dead and religious. Is huh? end up dead and religious. The only thing that you can build the foundation on is the Word and the Spirit. This is it. All the other stuff, man, may be a little bonus. Maybe something that helps out a little bit. Amen. I but you can't build a church on those things. That's not the church. The church is Jesus, it's His body, the way He desires to do these things. Amen. Amen? So where, so where is the stuff derived from? Hallelujah. Fear from being accepted? Absolutely. Fear from being accepted or the second thing we could say is fear of I believe God for this. I believe God for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I believe God for the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation. I believe God for these things to be operating in my life and they aren't happening. They're not happening the way I think they ought to happen. Amen. So what are we going to do? We just change our doctrine. We change our doctrine to line up with what we believe, to line up with what we experienced. How many of you know that experience is not the greatest teacher? Hmm? Experience is not the greatest teacher. See, I could come to Hugh here and I could say, you know, Hugh, let me, let me tell you something. You know, I know right where to punch you in the eye to make your whole eye black and you know, it'll even drift over to the other one, right? And he's gonna say, well, experience is the best teacher. The only way I really know that's true instead of taking your word for it is you're gonna have to show me. Now listen, I can come and I can show you and you can feel what that feels like and guess what? Your eye's gonna get black and, go, and it's gonna start drifting over to the other. But listen, that experience was not the best teacher. He should have just listened to what I had to say right? It's the same things with the kingdom. You know, if we just begin to trust him and not trust our experiences, because listen, church, if you begin to allow the word to be your foundation and establish you and allow the leading of the Holy Spirit to begin to move and operate through, you know what's going to happen? It will change what you experience. I don't care what you experienced before. If you will lean unto him, lean on his word, allow faith to get ignited, being led by Holy Spirit, it will change what you experience, Say, man, my, my body sure really feels tough right now. Man, this has been coming against me. You're experiencing oppression from the adversary trying to come upon you. But see, if we can take a hold of the word of God, put faith in him, start speaking the word of God, being led by Holy Spirit, you know what's going to happen? It'll change what you feel. It'll change what you feel. But we've got to put our faith in the right things, right? We've got to put our faith in the right things. You know, in John chapter 16... John chapter 16 verse 7, he said, Jesus telling Jesus speaking says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Anyone like it when Jesus speaks truth? He is truth. That's the only thing that he speaks. He says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient. It's very, very, very important that I leave from here. It's very important that I leave from here. Because if I don't leave from here, I can't give you the comforter. I can't give you the comforter. The comforter cannot come, but if I depart, I can send him unto you. You say, well, what is the comforter? Is that that Jesus going to throw a big blanket upon us? No, no, no. No, the comforter is a Greek word, parakletos. Amen. it means your comforter, your counselor, your intercessor, your strengthener, your standby, your advocate. He, He is Holy Spirit. He says, listen, I have got to leave and exit this place so I can perform redemption. Why? Because I got a gift. I have a promise I have to give unto you for you to fulfill everything that i've called you to do i mean i find that absolutely amazing i don't know about you but jesus he's sitting there talking to his disciples he said he says listen if i don't leave out of here you can't have holy spirit he's saying he's saying the holy spirit is more important for you to have than me standing here right here with you why because you can do nothing in the kingdom without outside of holy spirit Nothing outside of Holy Spirit in the kingdom of God. You can't do it. You can't do it. See, this comes right on the backside of John chapter 14, verse 12. Right where where Jesus begins to speak here. and He says, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the same works I do, he shall do also. Even greater works than these because I'm going to my Father. I'm going to my Father. Now, how in the world does the church expect us to do the same things that Jesus has done, or even greater things that Jesus has done when we don't put the emphasis on the Holy Spirit like he did? This is why he followed it up in John chapter 16 that we just thought. Listen, I gotta go so you can do the same things that I'm doing. But not just that, even greater things than these. Because I'm going to the Father, because I'm going to give you the same Holy Spirit that I have. I mean, how in the world, what do you think Jesus was doing when he was down here? See, everyone has this, this, this myth about, about the kingdom. Cause why? Because we don't know what the scriptures say. I mean, I think Jesus was down here operating on earth as God here on this earth. Yes, he's 100% God and he's 100% man. Yes, he came down here as God and man, but he wasn't doing everything that he was doing by the power of God. He wasn't doing deity tricks here on earth. He wasn't going out and like saying, hey, boys, look at me. Look what I can do because I'm God. That's not what he was doing. If he did, that means he's a liar in John chapter 14. Why? Because we're not deity. So how in the world can Jesus say, you're going to do the same things that I've done, even greater things, if He is doing everything by deity? Because he was God. Because he wasn't. That's why he didn't do one miracle before he hit the age of 30. He didn't do one miracle before his ministry started. He didn't do one miracle before the heavens were opened up and the Father poured out Holy Spirit. And John said, it is him, the Messiah is the one, that I will see the Holy Spirit descending and come and rest upon him and not leave. Then what happened? Immediately, immediately, the miracle started flowing. Immediately, words of wisdom started coming. Immediately, the gifts of the Spirit began to flow through Jesus. Why? Because Jesus wasn't walking around showing us what, what, you can, what he can do here on this earth as a God. No, he was walking on this earth showing us what we can do a, as a man in correct relationship with our God. Amen? you get in correct relationship with your God, you'll do the things that God said you can do. And Jesus was proving these, these things out. He wasn't doing it to, to, to bring the show. No, he was doing it. He said, listen, listen, Pam. Listen, I'm doing these things so you will see that I'm giving you the same spirit and you're going to be able to do the exact same things. Just get, just get that relationship right. Get that vertical relationship right. And you're going to do the exact same things that I'm doing. Even greater things than these. That's a bold statement from our king. Even greater things than these. What is it, John? John, at the end of his gospel, he said, if all the works that Jesus has done were put in books, there wouldn't be enough room in this world to contain it. And he says, Island Church, says, young man, you're going to do those same things. I'm telling you, that's powerful. That's powerful. When Jesus speaks, we need to begin to listen. Lay our opinions aside, Amen. And, li- and listen to what our King has to say, Amen. He baptized him with power, and what he went about doing, he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed the devil, because God was with him, because the Holy Spirit was with him. Hallelujah! Listen, Church, if we'll just change our perspective on what the empowering of Holy Spirit is actually about. Huh? That it's not about building up, man, and making making you so cool, making making you know getting you millions of euros in the bank. If, it, if, it's, if it's not about that, but it, but it's actually about unveiling Jesus, Amen. We'll we'll start submitting ourselves into these things. Isn't hmm? this is what we talked about there in, in Acts chapter one, last couple times, uh, last couple of weeks when I was here? Hmm? When the anointing comes upon you, what is that anointing for? It's so that we can be a witness unto all the earth. It's not so you can you write a book and get famous. Praise the Lord. If you, if you do that, that's amazing. I mean, but that's not what it's for. It's for so you can be a witness. You can be a martouche. You can be a martyr into all the world, meaning you can give, you can give the account, even if it costs you your life. Hmm? This, this is what the anointing is for. This is what the Holy Spirit is for. This is why he baptized with the things. And listen, church, I don't, you know, uh, you know, I, I thought the Lord was going to have me go that direction and, and, uh, uh, in our transition here for prayer, you know, going to, to some of the baptism of the Holy Ghost type of things. But listen, church, I'm going to tell you, this was a command. It wasn't an option for the church. Go back and look in, in Acts chapter 1. He didn't say, listen, if you think it's a good idea, man, go ahead and hang out in Jerusalem for a little bit. No, he commanded them. He said, don't you dare think about leaving Jerusalem until you, you receive power from on high. Why? Because you won't be able to complete and do anything that I've asked you to do unless you have that. Unless you have that. Amen. Amen. So listen, church. I want to. I want to spend a little bit of time. I guess we'll just. Goodness. Um, I want to spend a little bit of time here. Let's see which direction we we'll, Let's just spend a little bit of time talking about amen, some of these fears that the church has. And then we'll get, in, we'll get into, you know, the actual teaching on the gifts here in the weeks to come, amen? Amen. So most of the church nowadays, much of the church nowadays is what you call a cessationist, meaning they believe that all the gifts of the spirit were done, nullified, stopped with the last apostle. When the last apostle died, man, all the gifts died with them. But see, there's a problem with this thinking because see, the apostles, they didn't heal anyone. The apostles didn't learn a new, they didn't study and learn a new language called Glossolalia. The the apostles, they didn't, they didn't go about uh, performing any any type of healings or they they didn't do those things. You say, well, I've read Acts. They They were absolutely doing these things. No, they weren't doing these things. It was the Holy Spirit through them doing these things. They were the vessel being obedient to what Holy Spirit was asking them to do. And what happened? Amazing things started taking place. Amen? But it was the Holy Spirit doing these things, not man. In today, when you hear in tongues, interpretations of tongues, your prophetic words, healing, it's not man doing these things. It's man yielding themselves unto Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit unveiling these things. Right? There's no such thing as cessation of gifts. I mean, there's not one verse in the Bible that says that Jesus stopped these things. Huh? That's man's interpretation. It's man's interpretation. In Hebrews 13, 8, last time I checked, Jesus told us, he said, listen, I'm the same yesterday, today and forever. He didn't say, I'm going to be the same as, until the apostles die. He said, no, I'm the same yesterday. I'm the same today. I'm the same forever. In Malachi chapter 3, I believe it is, he says, "I or 4, he says, I am the Lord God. I change not. See, the church changes. People change. What people believe, it changes. But the Lord says, listen, I don't change. What I speak, it's truth. It's written down. It gets established. When I speak, it's truth. Regardless of what you believe, regardless of what you think, Amen. I mean, what he speaks is truth. He changes, he changes not. He changes not. You know, this is how you can get to that place in, uh, in, in Mark chapter 16, where he gives us the... He gives us the Great Commission, where he says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. Those that believe and are baptized, they shall be saved. Those that believe not, they shall be condemned. He said, These signs shall follow the believer. What are signs do? They're there to point the direction, right? So he says, I'm going to give you signs. I'm going to give you something to point the direction unto me. He goes, These signs are going to follow the believer, that in my name, when you come in union with Jesus... In my name, you'll cast out devils. Hmm? You'll speak in new tongues. There's actually a word for that. It's called glossolalia. You'll speak in new tongues. You'll take up serpents. If you drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm you. You will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. And they will recover. This is, this is how, how, how do these things happen? Huh? Yield, yield and be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Because, see, listen to this. At the, end of that, at the end of that chapter, what, uh, what, what took place, I think it's two verses down, maybe in verse 20, it says that as the apostles went forth, as the apostles went forth, what did they begin to do? They began to minister the word of God. They went forth and they preached everywhere. It says the Lord was working with them, confirming, demonstrating the words that were spoken. How I many you know our God wants to demonstrate the things that we speak? If we don't speak the right things, he can't demonstrate them. See, our father, our father initiates all things. Jesus administrates them. Holy Spirit demonstrates them. It's always been like that. The Father said it's going to be beautiful to have this earth. Jesus started administrating, getting into action, started speaking those words. And when he spoke the word of God, Holy Spirit began to do it. When we speak the Word of God, when we begin to preach the Word of God, we have to preach the Word of God with the effect that Holy Spirit's going to demonstrate the things that we are speaking. If we don't give him anything to demonstrate, you know what's going to happen? He won't demonstrate anything. And what's going to happen? You're going to look like every other religion in the world. See, you can't go to the Muslims out there and say, listen, I got a Bible. Let's go argue the Quran with my word here. Because, see, my Bible says this. They're going to say, well, the Quran says this. Well, my Bible says this. Well, the Quran says this. What makes you different from them? Our God's real. Our God's alive. Our God's full of power. And well, if we start ministering to them, allow the Holy Spirit to work this, give you a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. Something to come through you, you will wreck someone's life and they'll know your God's real. Oh, you have, a, you have a limp there? What happened? Let me lay hands on you and let God heal you. I'll show you that this is real. Why? Because Holy Spirit wants to demonstrate the realness of our God. But will we allow Him to do it? But will we allow Him to do it? Holy Spirit's itching. Say, like, please just, just, just put your faith in the Word. Please just put your faith in what Jesus has told you. Why? Because he's, he's itching. He's itching to reveal Jesus into a dying, hurting world out there. He's itching to reveal Jesus into our seeker friendly, weak church that doesn't believe in anything that Jesus said. Hmm? He's itching to do these things. We gotta allow him to do it. Listen, what do you, th- what do you think made the, uh, the apostles successful? It was the move of the Spirit, it was the demonstration of the Spirit. What will make a church, what will make the Christian successful now? It's a demonstration of the Holy Spirit. There is no success without him. There is no success without him. Let me say that for a third time. There is no success without him. Amen. Full stop. There is no success. Now listen, I got a few minutes here. Where do we want to go there, Lord? Let's go to 1 Corinthians. Oh, we're in 1 Corinthians. Let's go to chapter 13. And, I, and let, me, let, me just, let me just pull these few verses on it. Are you okay? I mean, I know we went a little long today. You all right? Yeah. Okay, so let's, let's just go over a few verses here, and I'm going to show you where most of religion, most of denominational teaching, most people that are in fear of these things, what they grab a hold of in the Word of God. Because listen, church, in the Word of God, it says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So it would be wrong for us to grab a hold of a single scripture and base our whole doctrine and theology about it, Right? See if you will take it out, you'll find you'll find you don't base your whole uh, uh, your your whole thinking, your whole thought process on what the gifts of the Spirit if they're if they cessationists or not on this one scripture here. I mean, you'll find out that's not what it has to do with, <laughs> and the Holy Spirit begin to change some of the things in you. So so listen, real quickly here. It says in uh, in verse eight, it says, "Charity never fails. Love never fails." Thank you, Jesus. Jesus never fails. But where there be prophecies, they shall fail. Where there be tongues, they shall cease. Where there should be knowledge, they shall vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away with. That which is in part shall be done away with. What is he saying? We as the body of Christ right now, it says, listen, we can prophesy in part and we can speak in part. We can know things in part. And why is it in part? Because it's like we're looking through a dim glass. Amen, why? Because everything we do right now is by faith. We don't know, do, we, don't, we don't see the things happen. We, we, everything we do is by faith. So it's like you're looking through a dim glass because we're stepping out in faith, moving with the leading of Holy Spirit in what we're doing. So it says, when that which is perfect is come then that which is in part will be done away with. It'll be done away with. Right? So what is Paul talking about here? Listen, he's talking to a church that had, that probably moved in more gifts of the Spirit than any other church at that time. And he was trying to bring some correction in it. Why? Because anytime there's chaos or confusion, it's not the things of God. So he started bringing some, some correction, some... Uh, some boundaries, they meant to where everything could do, be perfect and be in order and everything that, that the Holy Spirit was desiring to do, right? So listen, so listen, he says, when that which is perfect has come. Now, what is that speaking of? What is that which is perfect? Yes. See, most people want to say it's the word of God. Right? See, when the, when the Word of God comes, when we get the, the completion of the Word of God, then everything which is in part is going to be done away with. And I've heard that preached to me over and over and over and over again. When that which is perfect, when we get the, when we get the fullness of the Word of God, this is when everything else, the per- Now listen, listen, church, the Word of God is perfect. It is, it is the perfected canon of Scripture that we're used, but, but, but the Word of God is, is here to unveil Jesus. This, this is why he wrote down these words. This is why he gave us the Old Testament and New Testament. Why? Because it's here to unveil him. It's not here to take his presence away from us. It's here to bring us into intimacy with him to where, to where we can get more of his presence, not less of it. Right? Right? It's not, oh, we have the word, and now we don't need the Holy Spirit. Now we don't need any of that other goofy stuff that was going on in the church. No, he give us the word so that we can submit ourselves and get intimate with it so we can have more of those things happening. Why? Because that's the culture of the kingdom. That's the culture of the kingdom. What is that which is perfect then? That which is perfect is the perfect one. That is that is perfect. He is the word of God. It's not, it's, not, it's not this book with, with ink on it. No, it is the Word of God. Because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word is with God, and the Word was God. It is Him, the perfect one. When, when, when the perfect one comes, then that which is in part is going to be done away with. When Yeshua comes, when Isa comes, when Jesus comes, when, when Jesus Christo comes, when, when He comes, everything that is in part, it will be done away with. Amen. Why? Because we only know in part now. Does that mean that Jesus is going to get rid of all those things? No. He's saying only what you know in part is going to be done and away with. Now we're going to know the fullness of all these things. He says here in verse in 10, he said, he goes, when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part shall be done and away with. Let me let me read this out of the. Out of the uh, this is good out of the passion. I like how he how it gets worded here. In thirteen. In 13, verse 8, he says, love never stops loving. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades or or comes to pass. It's more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. Love remains long after words of of knowledge are forgotten. Our present knowledge and, and prophecies are but partial. But when the love's perfection arrives, the partial will fade away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child of childish matters. I saw things like a child, as a child, and reason like a child. But the day came when I matured. And I set away, I set aside my childish, my childish ways. You know, you know, you know, the Holy Spirit speaking through Paul here is making is making a correlation here. This isn't, listen, when you when you grow up, all the all the little stuff gets taken away. No, he's talking about knowing in part. He said, When I was a child, I knew things like a child. But then when I matured up, I knew the fullness of all things, right? He's saying, well, listen, when, and he's talking about when Jesus comes. Listen, we know in part now. Amen. But when the fullness comes, amen, it's not that everything's going to be stripped from us. No, we're going to have the fullness of knowledge. We're going to have the fullness of knowing all things regarding the kingdom of God. They're not going to be, they're not going to cease and desist. No, no, we're going to have the fullness of those things operating in us. Why? Because we're going to be completely matured. Why? What is Maturity. Amen, we've talked about these things. Well, it's maturity. It's not how many Bible verses you have memorized. No, them that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. They are the the mature sons of God. That's a Greek word, weos. The mature sons of God are led by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Hmm? He says, for now... We see but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries as though reflected in a mirror. But one day we'll see face to face. My understanding is, is incomplete now. But one day I will understand everything. Just as everything about me is understood. Isn't that beautiful? He says when he comes again, we're going to know all things just like he knows us. I'm telling you, church, That's amazing. Because right, you're going to be face to face with the living God. You're going to be you're going to be in His presence. It's not that He's going to He's going to take Holy Spirit away from you. He's going to take gifts away from you. No, no. You're going to have the fullness of these things operating through you. You know, people say, well, well, our, our tongues going to cease. Is that what it's talking about? There, are they going to fall silent? I don't know, because the Scripture is not 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 too particular on those things. But but I do find it amazing that that we all had one language at one time. I mean, God had to confound it. Why? Because we were getting in agreement and speaking the same things. But it's amazing in the church age at the, at the dispensation of grace, what did Jesus pour out upon us? A single language again. Glossolalia. The language of the Spirit. This is why Tamara likes to argue, we're going to speak Russian when we're in heaven. I say, no, I don't know about that. Amen. <laughs> hey, I believe we'll speak glossolalia. And it's not going to be like a tongue, a foreign tongue going out. You're going to know every single word that's coming out of someone's mouth. Why? Because we got the fullness, the fullness of him operating in us and through us. Mm-hmm. Not all things are going to be taken. God doesn't he didn't give you things that take him away. He's not, I mean, not going to take away Holy Spirit from you. Mm-hmm. No, He's going to manifest the, the fullness of these things in you. Why? Because you'll be completely able to be trusted. You'll be completely able to be distrusted with these things. So are are spiritual gifts for today, church? Absolutely they are. Absolutely they are. Of course they are. Why? It's Holy Spirit unveiling Jesus to us. It's his demonstration. Demonstration of the king that we're in unity with the king. It's his demonstration of the kingdom. But we got to get into agreement with it. we got to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to demonstrate the goodness of Jesus on the inside of us. I mean, by allowing him to lead us, guide us, and direct us. How are those things going to happen? We're going to teach on them. Amen. We teach on them. Faith is going to get stirred up. And I'm telling you, church, you're going to be amazed to see what the Holy Ghost will begin to do with you. Amen. 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 Well, let's, well, let's dismiss. Father, we thank you we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. So oh, we thank you, Lord, for your kindness, Lord. We thank you for Holy Spirit. May you never be a forgotten God in this house. May you be one that we're seeking. May, we, may you be the one we're intimate with. May we follow your leading, your guiding, your direction in all things, Lord. For Jesus, you thought it, you thought it pertinent enough that you leave this place so we can have him. So may we not be as scared of him. May we not run in fear from him. May we lay it on our lives for him. Holy Spirit, we say move in us, move through us, change us, correct us, grow us up, mature us. <laughs> ah, encourage us. Do the things that you desire to do, Lord. We, we submit ourselves unto you for you're worthy. You're worthy, you're worthy. Lord, and I ask that as we, we begin to teach on these gifts, Lord, I ask that you... Get the fear of questions settled in this house. Get the fear of questions settled in the hearts of people. So they can receive your ever-living seed of the word of God, Lord, and you can finally begin to operate through them as you desire to. So we can begin to affect the city. So we can have a demonstration with the very things that we speak. We don't have to be in fear that these things won't happen. We know they'll happen because we have you with us, Lord. Lord, we love you. We adore you. We take a hold of your word. We thank you, Lord, for Psalms 91, that there is no, there shall no evil befall us, neither shall any plague come to our dwelling place. Lord, for you give your angels charge of us to keep us in all of our ways. Lord, Lord, they bear us up in their hands lest we dash our foot against a stone. Why? Because we're we're people that dwell in the secret place of the Most High. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We, We don't come in and out of the secret place. No, we're making it our habitation. This is our place where we live so we can hear your voice. We can have your heart for this world. We can see things as you see it. Hmm. We can do things that you desire for us to do. Lord, thank us. We thank you, Lord. We ask you to keep us. Hmm. Keep us in in all of our ways. We thank you, Lord, for this church. We thank you, Lord, for the foundation that that you've laid here, what you're beginning to build on top of it, Lord. We thank you, Lord, this will be a house of order. It'll be a house of the word. but It's going to be a house of your spirit as well. So we honor you. We thank you for that, Lord. We walk out of here as the ambassadors of Christ. You've called each and every one of us to be representatives of you. Thank you, Lord. Here at Island Church, we are covered by the blood. We are empowered by the word, and we're anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.